Hello, everyone. This is Chris Lose. We are broadcasting live from the show floor at NAM 2020. I am the columnist for LD at Large for PLSN and designer relations with Ayrton Lighting. I'm here with my good friend Matt Gaminski of MG Lighting. And uh, we're going to have a little discussion, talk about what we think is going on in the industry. And most recently, I wanted to talk to you because I put out a, an article recently about... Basically, it's a, a meditation on death and dying and how it's better for us to have experienced the Parkan and to have loved the Parkan and how we should thank the Parkan for all that it's done and conventional lighting sources. But basically, the asteroid has hit and conventional lighting is just dying. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. I'm... I'm I'm crying, actually, a little bit inside right now. I, I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk to you about that because I know that you recently did Alice in Chains. Yeah, yep. I uh, took over for Marty Postma, um, and him and um, uh, he developed this really, really cool look, which was these pods with uh, 48 individually circuited uh, PAR 64s, 500-watt lamps that we pixel-mapped. And uh, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. Seeing that red shift happen as you have video content going across it, it was, it was it's a wonderful thing. And uh, unfortunately, nowadays, you can't really get that with LEDs. You know, with the, the new products that are out there, uh, you just don't get that red shift. You don't get that warmth, that glow. It's, it's all really artificial, you know? So I like what you did. You took it to a new level, and you basically pixel mapped yep. the conventional stuff. Yep, yep. In effect, you were running content through your own park and rig. Yeah, I mean, think of it as like we've all seen shows that have those uh, those back walls with uh, regular light bulbs and stuff on it. I've uh, I've seen and I've been on TV shows where uh, they have these beautiful lamps on reflectors and they run pixel map out of it. And uh, to be able to do a tour that had a full tight uh, pixel mapped rig and be able to see video content run through PARs, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. I wonder, you didn't, you didn't uh, spec the PARs, did you? That was Marty? No, Marty and uh, Scott Holthouse were the, uh, Scott was the production designer, Marty was the uh, original lighting designer, and he uh, moved on to a lighting manufacturing company and uh, passed the design off to me. And uh, as the tour kept going and the band asked me to kind of make the show my own, uh, I started running different video content in there, doing new hits. Uh, it, was, uh, it, was a re- it was definitely something that I've never experienced before. And having the opportunity to do that, um, was, it was quite magical. I mean, feeling the heat coming off the park hands from front of house at 150 feet away is, uh, is pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it is, as you were saying, it's dying. You know, the, the opportunity to be able to do that, the fact that the PAR lamps just aren't being manufactured anymore. Uh, and, you know, uh, even, even when we were doing the tour, we had to reach out to every vendor we possibly could find to get cases of PAR lamps just in case, you know, a uh, lamp would blow. I think that is the sign of the apocalypse right there, <laughs> is that you can't get... Par lamps anymore. It's there. Really rest in peace. <laughs> I wonder if he had specced the pars because that was what was in the budget, or if he just hadn't seen some of the new alternatives, uh, like the Strike Fours, the Strike Ones. 
to even a, a different degree the the WWs. Yeah, I mean they were talking about it, but there's still something about. I mean, even when you go back 20 years and you see a park handrag, you know, going to to see like Queen when Queen was in there, you know, the prime with Freddie, you know, it's just 800 park hands. I mean, even going back to when um, uh, the the oh my. Uh, Kanye at, uh, I think it was Lockin or something like that, where he had that ceiling of pars. Uh, it, it's just, it's a look that you just can't replicate. And uh, being able to, to have that opportunity before the lights fully, you know, kind of source themselves out, um, it, it, I, I loved every second of it. I feel like the generation before us of designers, they based their reputation on the amount of park hands that they could tour with. So if a 120K park hand rig was good, 180 was better, and if you had 1,000, you were the best lighting designer. Well, more is not necessarily better, but... <laughs> and the, the generation before us, I don't know if they had any options, though. They just... Yeah. More and bigger was better. Yeah, no, it, it is true. Uh, the one thing I will say that was kind of a little bit of a pain with the pod configuration was just the amount of Sockapex cable we had to take. I mean, I think we had like 5,000 feet of Sockapex cable. We were, we were carrying four 48 sensor racks. Just, it was, it was, it's a lot of infrastructure. Whereas if you use, like, as you were saying, like a Strike 4, a Strike 1, um, where it's just basically a, a couple of six circuit sockos uh, and some DMX and just daisy them all through. Um, it's definitely the, the plus side to the plus side to everything is that you you're compressing. You don't have to carry as much gear and as much infrastructure to be able to make it work. So it's kind of that like the hindsight. It's like is it better to have the look of the park can or is it better to be able to travel um, more efficiently uh, with your cabling and your distros and your um, uh, the uh, and, and just space, you know, and power consumption? You know, we're trying to go a little more green nowadays. Um, it's it, it's I don't know. It's it's the art and the look versus the efficiency. With your tour, you were able to just swip, flip the pods around, and you went from a parkhand side to a magic blade side. Yep. There was, on the other side of these pods, uh, it was ingenious. Uh, they would flip around, and there was a, low, a 20 mil video screen. And uh, we had some Ayrton magic blades behind it to do blow through. So there were those looks where we'd get that old school rock and roll parkan wall vibe. And then on the more modern stuff, we were able to flip it around and just punch it with that LED and the color and the saturation. That sounds to fit Allison Chains perfectly. They are, <laughs> they are both. Yes, they are. They are. They're one of those timeless bands, you know. They've been a band for... As long as I've been into music. Yeah, yeah, like late 80s, early 90s, yeah. And playing in small clubs with park hands, and that's it. You know, and then nowadays we have, you know, the, the Magic Blades. We have, you know, these. we were using um, some Martin Atomic strobes and uh, the LED version and using the Mega Points. Um, but still, to be able to throw it back, we, we started using Pats. Those Pat's uh, sky pain kind of I'm thing. I'm a fan. I love them. The, the look on stage is just, it's epic. Halfway through the tour, were you kind of wishing that the park hands could zoom and change colors? Um, and 
I mean, the no, because we had that opportunity when okay. we got to flip it. Um, I, as a designer, love to play with the juxtaposition of tungsten versus color. So I will always find a way to incorporate either um, audience blinders low behind the bands because there's something about that look where you just you punch it and you get that warmth and you get that um, that color coming out of just a, a bare tungsten lamp. And then you dial it down, you get that really warm. Uh, Redshift, and it's just it's it's a unique look that pairs very well with LEDs. I wonder if LEDs three and four generations before us felt the same way about candles and gas-powered lights. If they're like, no, you'll never be able to replace the candle. You can't. This whole electricity thing is just a phase that's never going to replace or like, candles. Yeah. Yeah, like the arc lamps and stuff like the arc follow spots and you get the green in it. Yeah, I think the actual limelight. People are just like, no, you can never replace the limelight because this is what people's eyes have come to to love and become accustomed to. I wonder if if that's the only reason that we do love that red shift is because we're so accustomed to it. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that that's a a feature. Not it wasn't a bug. I wonder if Happy people were accident. like, hey, why is it always turning red when it gets so dim? <laughs> it's called science. <laughs> it's a happy accident, I think. It's, uh, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like when you're programming a show, uh, as you've done many a times. You know, it's, it's hour 12 of programming, and you make, you know, your fat finger something on the console. You go back and you run it, and you're like, oh, man, that's a happy accident and an amazing look. <laughs> you know, and you, you're like, keeping it. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned the warmth, and that comes up to, in many ways... I recently did a tour where the drummer had always had park hands around him, and he kept it Arizona hot around the drum kit, even after a three-hour show, and he'd be dripping with sweat, and he was reliant on the warmth of the park hands to actually evaporate that sweat for him, because he was working so hard. And at one point, we had decided, well, maybe we should get rid of the park hands and give you uh, we had tried VL5s, we tried uh, some LED PARs, and he noticed, he noticed that that heat or that warmth was gone. And so when we had gotten rid of all the dimmer racks, he came and said, hey, I don't know what you guys have done, because he doesn't know our terminology, yeah, yeah, yeah. nor should he. But he's like, why, is, why am I sweating like a, like a sow pig now? And it turned out that we, after... You know, 90 universes of other stuff, we still needed a dimmer rack for four park hands with scrollers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's the, because that warmth is unreplaceable. It's, I mean, yeah, there's the warmth. There's also the look of the lens. You know what I mean? Like, it's the thing that I really... Uh, yes, the warmth, absolutely. Sometimes I hate it because you're standing there focusing 120K a par, <laughs> and you're just like, put it on my forehead. And it is just, you're by the end of it, you have like a sunburn <laughs> on your forehead. But there is something about uh, that... Uh, like on the Alice show, we really, the th- I love the look of just seeing, like we had medium flood lenses. So seeing the, just the texture in the lens in a focal thing too, that's, I mean, the, I, you just can't replace it. I, I, it's as I get why we're doing it, but I just wish there was still that niche that maybe that one factory that was making those lamps that we could keep those park ends around. One thing that the pars have over anything else is even when they're off, they're still very pretty. Yeah. You're still getting bounces and glares yeah. and, and the shimmer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, it's, 
And, you know, back in when I was doing theater back in high school and we had a ton of those park cans, it's the experience of, of even having a park can and then putting a, putting a gel in front of it and then seeing, seeing, you know, playing with gel and with going in the, the world of LEDs now, it's, it's, it's strange to me that I took classes back in college in, on color theory with gels. The LEDs pretty much didn't exist. We had Wybron color scrollers. That's how we got our multicolor par looks. Um, or we had, you know, the studio color, the PC beam that had the CMY color wheels in it. Um, but we still had to know that theory of color. And nowadays with the LEDs, it's, it's pick your color, you know, spin this wheel, you'll get red, spin this wheel, you'll get a blue, spin these two wheels together. It's, it's different. It's, I think that you putting those colors in and, and it's that, that instant satisfaction when you put that color in and you're like, that is the most beautiful blue I've seen in a par can ever. Um, those things are really nice, you know? Yeah, you kind of lose that decision-making process where you have yeah. to pick. You have to be decisive. Yeah, you can't be like, ah, oh, maybe I'll do this color, maybe I won't, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's something that we've lost almost completely, whereas if I'm going to be doing a show two days from now, I don't even need to think about it as a, as a programmer. I can just show up. Upload my my predefined colors that I use mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have to meet with a designer even 20 minutes before. We can just show up and like, hey, so there's this many bands, this many people, and the resources are unlimited. Yeah, I didn't even think about it in a festival situation. You know, when you have when you you're doing a show with 120k apart and there are 10 bands that are performing, it's like, what do you what do you, how do, you do that? <laughs> you're like every band's gonna have the red look, the blue look, and the magenta look. You know, the days of repertory <laughs> plots are uh, yeah not gonna make it into the festival world anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I understand. Like I said, I understand the reason that we need to kind of put it to bed. And you know, your article you wrote on that was it was it was beautifully put. But I feel like if there was still uh, maybe you know the way to look at it is maybe it's gonna be like that artifact that like fifty years down the road somebody like goes into an old abandoned theater and is like, what is this thing? What is, this, what is this strange looking device? <laughs> oh, you just touched on a subject I really want to talk about. I recently posted a photo of a dumpster full of parkans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I screenshot it because I was okay. like, this is the <laughs> So the, the person whose shop I was at asked to remain nameless for, for very good reason, and he was absolutely correct that. As soon as I posted that, people were going to have, everybody was going to have their opinion. People were saying, oh, you should donate those. Oh, you should try and sell those. Oh, you should try and refurbish those. It's such a waste. You're killing the industry. You're killing the environment. You're, why haven't you done any of these other things that I've thought of? And the farther we got along, every other idea just got destroyed. Like He had tried to sell them. Nobody wanted them. Yeah. He tried to rent them. Nobody was was willing to pay what it was would require to even store them. Yeah. I mean, what about even like using them? I, I really like the idea of taking them, retrofitting them to, you know, fit an LED. Like maybe if you took, like one thing I have, I have a bunch of old PAR 38 snub nose like PAR cans. I'm, I'm investing in those Hue lamps, those screw base Hue lamps and putting them in. So I have that look of the park hand because it's a it's a beautiful especially if they're silver you know those silver the the way the light reflects off of them you what you were saying is as a scenic element they're even pretty off mm -hmm. um you know i i would 
honestly, in that photo, I was like, why can't even make him a planner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I would Im- I would imagine there's a market for that. There yeah. should be some uh, scrap person out there who's refurbishing. But yeah, I think it's an artifact. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an antique now. Whereas you're gonna start finding them in hipster coffee shops <laughs> as opposed to. Well, it's even happening. Van Halen shows. It's even happening now. Like you go on, you know, uh, eBay or you know, they have people who are actually like. It's vintage stage lighting, uh, floor light for your apartment, you know, and and it's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. One of the things that's always upset me out at front of house is if the front of house sound people show up with a console that's 30, 20 years old. They're ooh, they're going vintage. They're going yeah. analog, and it's they're they're a purist. <laughs> But if you and I were to show up out in front of house with, say, uh, an artisan, or even a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a uh, ETC, yeah, forty-eight ninety-six, the Strand five twenty, yeah, yeah, yeah. they would they wouldn't look at us with the same revere or the same respect. They would say, "Oh, you, you couldn't afford." Can you imagine rolling up with an obsession too? Exactly <laughs> to do a rock show. No disrespect to obsession. No, 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 no. There's a place best, for them. Best co- best console that I learned on in college. <laughs> but no, I can't show up at, the, at a festival with my obsession, and they're like, "Oh, you're <laughs> you're so pure, you're so so chic." <laughs> well, it's also like uh, I, I can't. I, listen, I have a lot of great friends who are sound people, front of house guys. But when they roll in and they're like, "Ooh, a heritage! Oh, this show's gonna sound great." And I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna sound great, but your console takes up all the front of house." <laughs> Yeah, and let me get nine more guys over here to lift, lift that this. for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing where we just don't have that same... I feel like lighting is embracing the technology because we're gaining things, whereas sound, the more you increase technology, you give you you sacrifice the... the, the I don't know if I want to say quality, but that, that je ne sais quoi, you're, you're forfeiting that warmth. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard it a little bit. Like, if you put me up in at front of house, and you have a guy who has like a you know the newest SSL console versus like a Heritage, like I guess it sounds a little warm. But to the normal the normal audience member, you know, as long as you get your EQs, or, I, I mean, I know nothing about sound, but you know, I'm it's going sure to come back to price. Same. It's yeah. going to come back to the production yeah. man going, "Hey, I can't afford eight guys to lift that for <laughs> you. I can't afford." the truck space for that thing yeah. anymore. Those eight guys need to hang 120K apart. Yeah. <laughs> Work with me. I've only got this much truck space. You need an active and a spare, and you can't, you just can't have a spare of, yeah. of, a, of a refrigerator. <laughs> I mean, for me, honestly, like, uh, I, I do something that I shouldn't do, uh, and that is be, travel with a spare. You know, a lot of people say, like, going to the console thing, a lot of people say, you know, you, you should travel with a spare. Um, knock on wood, haven't had a single console issue yet, but in my eight, ten years of touring, like, I've only traveled with a spare when it's, like, a three-truck tour or, or more, and I have room to be able to carry a spare console because I'd rather have more lights, so I'm a really horrible lighting person in that regard. Wow, you're living dangerously. Yeah, well, you got to. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, and I mean, as you know, I'm a I'm a uh, a hog guy, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, 
after the Hog 3, you should carry five consoles. <laughs> and I say, you know, it's just, it's, it's how you run it. It's how you work it. And uh, as long as you're gentle with it and don't, you know, slam on the console every day, it'll be fine. <laughs> you travel without a spare running a hog, a road hog? Or a uh, full bore or full size? Full bore. That's Does amazing. that drive you crazy? You are, that is... I'm a... <laughs> I like to walk a tightrope. <laughs> that is impressive. Uh, from what I've heard, they're when you're running a show, they're perfectly solid. And uh, yeah. I'm yep. seeing guys the, like I mean, Marty and Mark Janowitz. They're, yeah. they're Mark, doing everything I mean, that you can do. I should probably, uh, moving forward, n- now that the shows are, are getting much larger and I'm going to markets that I can't... Well, I, I will say, I had one console failure on this last tour I was out on. And it was simply the monitor just the monitor ribbon cable came loose. And uh, I went to open up the console to reseat it, and the lighting company that I used, they Loctited the screws. So I couldn't open up my console to be able to replace it. So the only time I had to make a phone call to a vendor in a city to get a console for that show for that night, um, and it wasn't a console failure, it was a wear and tear on the road. So that definitely was one of the situations where I was like, I should... Probably carry another Perfectly backup. Perfectly understandable. <laughs> yeah, why, let's Loctite a console because we're never going to need to get into it again. <laughs> I wonder if that's back to what we were talking about, how some of these, uh, some of the fixtures out there you just can't get parts for. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that that ribbon cable isn't even in production per se anymore. Some of the no. things, I, I know, as far as I know, that's the only reason that MA2 had to go to MA3 is because yeah. they just couldn't get the same components at a price that made sense to Yeah, that's anymore. the same reason that Hog went to the 418. They upgraded to that because same deal. They couldn't, uh, the Hog line on the four side is very successful, but they couldn't get any more faders. They couldn't get the encoder wheels. They couldn't get the touch screens anymore. So you have to kind of up it up a notch. So when it comes to the parkhand, <laughs> let's go back me, to the parking. Hold on. So I'm going to tie this all together. It's because if you can't get those stuff and you just keep refurbing and re and just you keep spit putting so much time and effort into that fixture, you're never going to get new stuff. Yeah. If you keep fixing your 240k parking rig, you're never going to get an Ayrton Huracan in your rig because yeah. nobody if it's because you're nobody's going to spend the money. So when I used to work at the, as a house guy, I would have to go into a back room and just break <laughs> something because I knew stuff. that, you <laughs> We've know. All done it. We've all done it as house guys. <laughs> I've replaced this pan belt 25 times, and I know it's yep. just going to break a 26th time, but as long as it still pans, I'm never going to get a new fixture. Yep. No, that's true. It's, uh, I was just, I just did, funny story, I just did a run um, with the Colt, and we played this venue in Connecticut, and I walked in, and it was VL5s and Xbox Extremes. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell you the venue, or are we going to keep it <laughs> keep it on the DL? Tell me the state. Uh, Connecticut. Okay. And it may or may not have been a casino. <laughs> <laughs> but there is somebody who still knows how to work on VL5s. VL5s in Connecticut. In Connecticut and let me tell you, they actually, like, when I walked in there, it, I, I looked up, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It was all park hands and uh, <laughs> VL5s and Xbox Extreme. First of all, I almost dropped, dropped to the floor because I haven't seen an Xbox Extreme in, like, 
10 years, I want to say. Um, but they, they actually maintain those products so well that they, the only issue was they were slow. You know, uh, slow, the color mixing wasn't the best. You know, those that, like, I, I have a real affinity for this, like, acid, lime, green, yellow color. And you just, it was funny, as I was updating my color palettes, I was like, I, there is no way I can get this color on these lights. Uh, and it just shows you how, like, the, the colors, you know, how the technology has changed to get you a, a wider range of colors and a more beautiful range of colors. And I would say that that's one of the plus sides to the, the growing technology, uh, being able to reach deeper into your, your bag of, of tricks and colors and, and all those other things. Being able to layer go, like on the Xbox streams, I tried to layer gobos, forget about it. You wouldn't see, you can't even see the light. But now you have products like the Ghibli and you have products like the, the uh, Mega Point where you can put three, you know, two gobos in, in an animation wheel and put a blue and the, the light still actually, like you could see it, you know? Um, so it's just, uh, while evolving technology is really, really great and it gives us more tricks Going back to the simplicity of a park can, I, I kind of like it. I, and, and it, uh, I don't know. It's the most. It's it's also the simplest light to work on. Yeah. I mean, we're talking. It's two wires to a base to a X light. Spot Extreme was the most complex fixture <laughs> of the time. I didn't. I actually wanted to have them open it up just so I can see the inside of it because it had been that long. If I remember, <laughs> that goes back to the days when we were trying to fit as many features into a light as we possibly could. Not because we should, but because we see if we could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And have you ever, I mean, I don't know if you remember how tall this fixture is, but I, I'm, I'm like 6'2", right? Uh, sitting on the floor, the, no, the nose came up to like my hip. And I was like, this is the biggest light I've ever seen. I was like, this could be the size of a synchrolite, close to the same size as a synchrolite. But uh, that, that was one of the first to have framing shutters, if I remember. Yes. Yep. Yep. And they were, the you know, a foot apart from each other, and yep. they kind of came in. And you could they, only get to a certain point, and you were like, oh, I'm going to use the iris for the even rest Even out of in front of house, <laughs> you could still, you could hear the shutters oh, moving, yeah. and you could hear, oh, yeah. anytime you did a random strobe, you'd hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like with the VL, VL3K, 3500, when you do the global reset, and it's yeah. like. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I'm really glad we're getting away from that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, when I go out and do the Ayrton demos, people ask about how quiet the reset is. Yeah. It's becoming a thing where people can be that discerning. They can say, "Well, I need a forty-five second reset, and I need it to be quiet." Yeah, and it and it and it works. I mean, the the other great thing that you have, I, I feel like, with the LED technology is you're not. You're, I mean, one of the great things is, yes, it gives off heat, but it's not the same heat as like no. a twelve hundred watt lamp, where the internal product, the internal parts of the fixture are living longer. You know, and you're not going to get like on the on the say the VL3K where you have the um, it's that optical sensor on the resets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've <laughs> I've had the light turn on just fine. I douse. I mean, you remember on the VL3K is how if uh, the dowser's closed and no data is going to a certain attribute, it'll auto recal. Right. Like back in the day, that was like a really cool thing because the light would always be on point when you when you open up the shutter. Yeah. But uh, I was doing a tour where I would we'd turn them on, lamp them, everything's cool. They'd fade out, and then I'd open it up again, and it was yellow. You know, or like the yellow wheel was stuck in there. I'm like, what is going on? But I did learn a nifty trick where if you go in into your default values and you change the default value to 
like just zero one percent, it'll never recal. So when you do your your kind of um, uh, manual reset on the light and it comes back white, everything's cool. On that like yellow wheel, say if it sees that default value, it's never going to auto rehome. So you'll That's never very have clever. That I have not heard that trick yet. Yes, well, it's you, you find that out. When you're at the 11th hour and you're like, oh, my God, the doors are opening and it's like, what am I going to do? All right. Well, this is something we got to try. Let's try it. And it worked. You know, it survived. (laughs) That's amazing. I had always thought that VL5s were all but extinct anywhere outside of California. Like, I still see them on all of the... Jimmy Kimmel uses them all the time. Yeah, I see them everywhere on basically L.A. television award shows and stuff like that. Yep. But... To see VL5s in Connecticut, that was must have been like seeing Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going through the woods and you're like, what is that? <laughs> Did you take photos? Uh, I, I'd have to dig through my phone, but I'm, right. sure, I'm sure I have something. But um, yeah, it's it, it, the look is great. But again, for me, that kind of product, that kind of light, like it needs to be, it's more eye candy. You know, yeah. that's, what, the, that's yeah. what that fixture is. It's an eye candy fixture. I believe Verilite is chasing after that look again now with the new... Their new version of it. I don't remember yeah, the name a, of it right now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly but basically, sure. I think it's a VL5 LED. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and then High End Systems has the Turbo Ray, which is kind of a, a spinoff of that. Except the flags aren't color; they're more of a diffuser kind of thing. Okay. Yep. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's really interesting how uh, old is becoming new again. You know what I mean? It's like that old look that everyone feels is iconic. That that VL5 iconic look. Uh, it's getting replicated in an LED form. It's like, re, you know, bringing new life to... Uh, it's like a Frankenstein almost, I yeah. guess. I mean, even the Pat, the Roby Pat, which is a recreation of an older fixture, even that's getting recreated now. Yeah. And, it's, and the, what Roby's doing is they have this really cool thing where you can actually order a, uh, like a, a, a metal kind of... Uh, like face to put onto it and you could have it like spell out things. So if you have a band name, if you want it to be like, uh, you know, if you wanted a rig that said Chris Lowe's, you could have each one of them would be like CH. All right. And it's awesome. Like I didn't even think about it, but I went to a Roby LD summit not too long ago and they were like, all right, this is the Pat 2013. And, uh, Oh, by the way, this is an, an additional option. If you want to be able to put logos or anything on it, we do this. And I was like, that's kind of a, it's, it's a cool way of making something old new again. You know, it's that is refreshing. a great analogy for our entire market. <laughs> like, Hey, that's great. It does that. Can it do this? No. Give me, give me a month and I'll make it do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that, well, does it change color? Uh, okay, and now it All changes right, color. Yeah. Well, that's great. Can it zoom? Okay, I'll come out with the, the 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Oh, that's great, but you know, now it just changes color. Can, can I pixel map it? Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it, you know, the funny thing is once you get something, people want more. They're like, that's cool, but I want more. I want more because we're so used. I mean, it's, again, going away from when people had just the parkans. That's what you're stuck with. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got. You got one color, and that's your only option. Then they're like, well, we want more than one color. The scroller comes out, you know, and then it's just, it's that, dev- it's, it's nuts. <laughs> I'm the same way with my kids. Every time, <laughs> every, every birthday, they're like, oh, great. Now you can tie your own shoes. Can you... Can you remember to lock the door when you leave the house? <laughs> Can you, when are you doing gym? Like, do chores now. Like, do the dishes. <laughs> and every time they're, they're just like, oh, I thought we were thought we were done. I thought I was the most responsible. Now you're like, nope, nope. Every day you're going to get new. I'm going to ask you to do new things that you haven't done before. Yeah, and then they'll be like, at some point, I should get paid for this. <laughs> uh, 
I feel like that's where we're at with programmers now too. They're like, yeah. oh, you can you can program lights. Can you program a media server? Yeah. Oh, so now absolutely. you can do lights and media. Oh, yeah. Can you do automation too? And then it's like just more on your plate, more that you have to worry about your workflow completely. I mean, you know, like the shows you've done, it's. Uh, I, I personally like when I'm. I like to program my own shows. That's I. I just I like uh, like what we said earlier about you know sometimes you find those happy accidents that make the look of the song. You know what I mean? Oh, here we go. Some some like lounge music going on here. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, this is the, ge- the the wonderful part of broadcasting live from the show floor of Nam. I'm I know, sure. I love it. I'm sure that's something very important. <laughs> <laughs> but I it's it, it I like. I like having that workflow. And, uh, you know, back in 2014, I did a Neon Trees tour where uh, it was, we want video. All right, do you, do you have a video budget? No, we don't have a video budget. All right, well, what do you want to do? Well, well, what can you do? And I was like, well, I can get a media server. So I got a media server. And uh, I was like, do you have content? Like, what do, you, what do you want on this? They're like, just make it look cool. And I was like, okay, so... Because I had no content, uh, the media server had a lot of really amazing stock content, and I was now creating new and creative content based off of stock content and engines and being in the effects engine and looking at, like, all right, this is a really cool piece of content, but I only like that top right quadrant. So you zoom into that top right quadrant, and then you run an effect, you add some color layer over it, and you're creating, basically, you're doing your own content creation off of stock content. Which was great, but it like it just takes up that much more time. You know, it's like where you're sitting there spending a couple hours programming song for lights. Now you're like, now I got to figure out video. Okay, here we go. All right, so there's another couple. So the time that it takes to program a song has just doubled. You know what I mean? Um, but I like the workload, and I like the I like the challenge. So. Um, I just don't want. I don't want to be responsible for automation. <laughs> That's my one thing. <laughs> if somebody's life is in danger, like that is not. <laughs> I don't want to hit that one button that that a truss is going to move or something like that. So you've just gone from having one hat as programmer, yeah, to having designer programmer, yeah, designer programmer, video, video director, <laughs> slash content generator, creation. yeah, yeah, slash scenic designer, <laughs> slash. You're just spinning. Everything just spinning. you see, designer. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's production design. I mean, you just if, uh, but I'm the type of person that uh, I know that I'm not strong in all those fields. Like as much as uh, I'm a lighting guy, I'm a lighting guy. I'm a visual guy. Like when it comes to, I, I know what I like when I see it on stage. But when it comes to all these other individual little things, uh, like uh, special effects, like I know I want cry out here or I know I want that rain curtain I don't know how to do it I'm, and if the band wants that I'm going to say we're going to have to hire somebody in to do this because it's I do not need that responsibility I don't have the time to learn this I'm busy rendering your show right now so <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a big proponent of collaboration and maybe that comes from my theater backgrounds you know I like having a bunch of people around the table I like to be able to bounce ideas off people because what I think is a brilliant idea might be crap and uh, or or somewhere where I'm sitting there and I'm going, I, oh, I'm really stuck on this. But having somebody else be able to come back at me and be like, well, why don't you try this? And then it ends up being like the that that cherry on top of the Sunday. You know, it's that that really nice moment that pulls it all together. Are you still collaborating when you're doing when you're wearing all five hats? 
Uh, well, I try. Uh, I'm trying to say I don't. I don't wear all five hats. Oh, all okay, the so time. you're trying to hand off some yeah, hats. Yeah, I try to. I mean, if the if the if the band has the budget, you know, uh, I, obviously I understand limitations, and uh, I know that I need to be able to pay my rent at the end of each month. So if it means I'm going to get a couple thousand more dollars, you know, to 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 take on that pressure to program a media server too, I'm going to do it, you know, um, because honestly, any good content creator that I know or any good media server programmer that I know, it's going to be, you know, uh, it's, they're going to need some money. So if a band can't afford it, I will, I will take that on. But, uh, otherwise I, uh, I try to bring in as many people as I can for those ideas. So. I think that's great. Uh, it looks like you have to add hat salesman to your your <laughs> to extensive resume. resume. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I don't know. I it's I it, I just feel like there's so much work for all of us out there that uh, nobody should be afraid to bring other people into a project. You know, uh, the, the really the really great people out there, uh, or the really talented people out there, are also really great people. Um, and uh, you know, being able to sit in a dark room and just bounce ideas off each other. I, I'm a I'm a huge creative force. Uh, like I, I like having a huge creative force behind me because it's just going to make the ultimate the final product just so much better. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I how I roll on those things, I guess. Do you get nervous when you when you are wearing too many hats that you've missed something where maybe there was a moment that you could have had a, like a perfect lighting but you were so focused on doing content at the time that maybe you missed something whereas if you had two sets of eyes you could more objectively yeah. focus on each thing? I, I yeah, but I also feel like you can then you have ultimate control of the look at that point when you're programming media server and lights and everything like that. Um, and what I then I, I like that you can maybe say this song is gonna we're gonna make it a little more video heavy song. So you know let's let's key on the band you know let's let's give them some lights so we can see them but let's make it a really media driven song so all those those drop hits you know video content's going to be going rather than a strobe light or something like that i feel like uh you get a little more uh you get a little more flexibility and change in your looks doing that kind of stuff so that's that uh, i don't i i don't see it as is a a detriment or a, a benefit. I, I see it as it's just a, another option in your tool belt kind of thing. Okay. Sometimes when you're wearing all five hats and you don't have to answer to anybody else, you get to be less God. compromising. <laughs> you get to be God. <laughs> yeah. You can like, no, that's the way it's going to look. And I don't have to check with anybody. Well, I mean, you, eventually you'll have to get a sign off from management and the artist. I mean, those are the ultimate, ultimate say, but yeah, having that power behind the console, like it's, it's almost like you have uh, your own, your very own Harry Potter wand. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I decided that this is green and pink and it's going to be green and pink. Interesting color choices. <laughs> Those are the, some of the things that come up at two in the morning after a twenty-hour <laughs> 20 programming, programming session. Well, I haven't used green and pink yet. Yeah, and a pot and a half of coffee. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> jittery at the console. I'm a uh, I'm a Monster Energy drink guy. That's what keeps know. me. I don't know how you can do that. That stuff. I, I can't do coffee. I can't do me and uh, me and Rob Koenig. He was a he was a monster guy for a long time. I'm. I think I've cut back to one or two. 
per programming session. What's your what's your uh, caffeine of choice? Oh, coffee. All coffee. day, every day. Yeah. You'll see me generally with uh, a cup of coffee by the console, and then when it runs out, I'll be like, I need to go program. <laughs> I'm going to go get one more cup of coffee before we hit this song. And then generally by three quarters of the way through the song, uh, program, the coffee is done. <laughs> Do you have it on your writer? Do you have a writer that, oh, that includes coffee? That would be amazing. No, I actually, uh, I'm working with a friend. I'm going to develop a, a little uh, front of house. Uh, that is so cool. Did you see that? <laughs> this drum kit. It's We're so distracted. I'm so distracted right now. I got follow spots in my face. I feel like a performer right now. Podcasting live from the show of Nam is pretty. <laughs> Nam show. We're, we're so distracted. There's something blinky going on all around us. Nobody it's can see it. It's very hazy, you, too. It's, it is like very this. pleasant. It's, we're in our environment for sure. No, I love it. Um, no, uh, I, I'm working on a work box, a front house work box that I'm going to have an espresso machine in. And it's, or, or a, a French press. You know, I just need to have that fresh coffee. I'm, I'm a lover of coffee. I wonder if maybe Monster Energy Zero is just a 2020 version of an old version of, of coffee. Maybe oh, that's man. my... That's, the, that's the, develop, the death of coffee. You like how I tie that all together? I like that. That's really Coffee's good. Coffee's been around for years, but maybe my new energy drinks are <laughs> the new version with all of its benefits and all of its downfalls. <laughs> I'm probably going to develop uh, some sort of tumor long before you will. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I've changed. Change is good and bad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Matt. Well, we have reached the end of our time. Oh, excellent. I I, I felt like ten minutes. I, I feel like this was the same conversation we had in the parking lot in L.A. I know that's crazy. After was it two uh, years ago, I feel like so. we. The only difference is we don't have a six-pack of uh, Coors Light of sitting in front of us. <laughs> um, and we yeah. actually have chairs instead of sitting on the curb. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is my first podcast, and I know this is your first this interview podcast. my first podcast. interview podcast, yeah. Yeah, well, you did a great job, and you've made me feel very comfortable. You made it thank very you. easy. Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate right it. Right on. Thanks a lot, Matt. It was a pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you. Uh, like, again, uh, this is Chris Los and Matt Gaminski. We just brought podcasted live from NAM 2020. And uh, I look forward to, we'll do, be doing another one later today with Aaron Altmark, where we'll be talking about the ethics of lighting. Thank you very much.